You're listening to the Stateside Madness Official with yours truly, Albino Brown of the Sky Prey Radio Show. <laughs> Hi there, folks. Hi there. I'd like you to meet Tommy McGuire's comrade. Hello, and welcome to the Stateside Madness Podcast, the one and only podcast of the official Madness American Fan Service. I'm Lori, along with my co-host Polly, here to bring you news, reviews, and deep dives into the nutty sound of the British pop band Madness. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Stateside Madness Podcast. I'm Lori. And I'm Polly. And we have a special guest in the studio today, don't we, Polly? That we do. We'll be speaking in just a little bit with Albino Brown. For those of you who aren't familiar, Albino was the creator of Ska Parade, the famous radio show, and something that I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with. Now, Albino was on the ground level of Ska, third wave sort of stuff happening on the West Coast, and you could say in all of America. And he is one of those guys. He happens to know everybody. So he's got a lot of great stories. We'll talk to him shortly. All right. Very cool. But before we do that, I believe we have something for the communicator, don't we? That we do. Right, so on the communicator today, uh, we spoke on last episode that I'll be making a trip to the UK to hang out with some Madness fans. Uh, as part of that, I'm going to be guest hosting on the Coast Train radio show on 106 FM. So if you're on, in the vicinity of Newcastle and you can receive 106.6 FM, that is going to be on Wednesday, March 29th at 8 p.m., now, our friend and friend of the show, Mr. Scurf, he hosts that show. He was nice enough to invite me along, and I'm very thankful for him. So, Oh, I hope he's awesome. You... I love that guy. Beautiful man, and I look forward to seeing him, and uh, it's going to be a great deal of fun. Is that like Star Trek? Close. <laughs> yeah. Beam me up, Scotty. I know. No, Polly. Beam me up, Polly. Uh, no, I think I would be the engineer. I think Polly would be the the uh, ensign red shirt. Okay. <laughs> That's right. I'm the All one right. who dies, dies first when we go down to the planet. All right. Go, go down in style. <laughs> <laughs> we have Albino Brown here to chat with us. And Albino, what are you doing there? I just... I'm a type of person that like I like to finish one task before I go on to the next. So I'm, if you can bear with me, I'm just I'm just finishing up. I'm working on a cross stitch, and I just got one more point to do. Got it. So I just finished this. What do you think? It sucks. Oh, nice. Oh, it's, it it sucks, right? No, it's no no. To the contrary, it's very special. So I got this one over the internet. It's from 
It's from 1979. Oh, wow. Uh, somebody did a cross stitch uh, 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 Walt Japsco with the specials. That's so cool. I, I've never seen anything like that one. That's cool. All right. I'm wearing a very special hat for your audience. Actually, I've never worn it before. And if you can see it, it's Madame Wong's in L.A. And Madame Wong's was a Chinese restaurant in which Fishbone got their start. Their first show was there, Madame Wong's and the On Club. And I, uh, you know, I've, I was very close with Fishbone and they autographed this hat to me. And what's interesting about it is most people don't know this whatsoever, uh, is that they autographed it with the original name before Fishbone. They were called Megatron. And uh, so were you at that first auspicious show, getting the hat signed? Um, mm -hmm. How did your association with them grow from there? Well, I, I, I was born in South Philly, um, but I grew up in Santa Rosa, California, Northern California. And, and uh, for college, I went to UC Irvine. And uh, I was so, my brother had, was doing a jazz show, the ultimate jazz experience. And I said, no, dude, we need to do the first ska show in the, in America. And so we started this and it really just opened up beautiful doors for us. And I, I still, I, you know, I, I reflect back and like, how, how did I become friends with Angelo Fishbone? And I remember the first time that I met him, he was in some really goofy gear. Oh, and he had a girlfriend on his neck. You know, it's, it's it's nothing normal with Angelo. And um, I met him and my and this is the only time it ever happened. My knees were knocking and uh, and and um, and we just chatted it up. And and then as shows went around, we chatted up again. And he I think what he saw in me was a bright and creative person outside the box like himself really witty um and we sort of dressed weird together and uh which which we thought was totally stylish and um i've had like it's almost like a somatic experience with him I, a lot of ups and downs um and you know i'm not going to talk about in detail some of it but like I was, I was, I, I can't believe I was in a situation where he was in his worst state and his mom and his ex-wife called me up and said that you are the most normal of his friends. We need your help. He was going through a very hard time. And, um, and I, I told him how I think it should be handled and it worked out. Now it's interesting about it is is I do wonderful things for the guy and he he's I, I I when I I I did I did a lot of film work for him and one of the films that we came up with that I named was uh the delusional quandaries of Dr. Mad Vibe and I named it delusional because he's delusional uh and and so when I helped him out during his worst time, he's in denial of it. He says, I never did that. Those people would never have called me. And but he'll he'll never talk to them to see if it was true or not. He just gives me no credit. And the same thing happened with 
doing the, the all, all the videos with him. He just narcissistic. He just sucks in everything. And um, I, so I, I have a real love hate relationship with him. Uh, I, I'm I'm thrilled that I met him. I'm thrilled that I worked with him. And I'm thrilled that I was family with him at one time. Um, this, I'll just mention one thing that comes to mind. Uh, we had been making films. He said, guys, um, uh, uh, would you like to to come over uh, for, for some shitlands? And... Uh, you know, and we're going to watch Jurassic Five, Jurassic Park, just Jurassic Five. Um, and uh, I, uh, so we ate with his dad and we watched Jurassic Park. And I was trying to explain to my brother that I don't think Shitlands is going to go down well with him. But he, she tried to uh, a negative experience. And um, but I I despite all I'm telling you and I'm, I think I'm being brave by telling you both sides. Um, I love him. I do. I just, I just can't be around him that much. Um, and we did some really magical things together. Um, uh, and, and like, I don't know what he's going to say. He might just trash me. He's done it before. He just, when he's in a mood and he don't, he, if it doesn't cater to him, then he, he, he trashes everyone. Um, so, um, all right, well, that's 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 all i can think about fishbone um i just yeah that was the first band i fell in love with um uh i saw them at the film war in 1989 and i didn't know i didn't know what to expect and angelo dives off the stage film is a big place yes. Phil, the whole place is filled and he dives off the stage and he's swimming across the people and okay i've seen that lots but then he reaches the, he has the crowd push him up to the second level of the balcony and he climbs the balcony and he performs from this balcony at the back of the hall while the band's playing at the front stage i've never seen that before he's the only person that ever does that um and that's his magic um so uh yeah and uh, you know i i get i get some things here and there um, you know, somehow through the through the change and the calamity, um, we hear about each other. So um, and I'm happy for him. And, I, and you know, when there's a time that that, um, you know, where it's where he really stands by peace and unity, I'd like I'd like to get to know him again. Yeah. But um, it was a, a magical time to work with him. Uh, and he and don't and, and it's not one side. It's not like, oh, Albino got to work with him. He saw it. Oh, my goodness. This guy is brilliant. He helps me get my needs out. He's that funny. So, like, for example, making a film and I thought, oh, shit, wouldn't it be funny to have Angelo perform with the animatronics at Chuck E. Cheese? So so <laughs> I, I met with I met with the regional district manager of Chuck E. Cheese and I worked it out. And it did cross my mind that uh, we had to meet at early in the morning. And it did cross my mind to show Angelo on stage with the animatronics and to intercut it with crying children. <laughs> so. Wow. Yeah.
Here once was a mob that wanted her There once was a mob that wanted her And I, I do want to say this about Angelo. Despite having ups and downs with him, he is the most talented person I've ever met. He has such charisma and totally thinks outside the box. So funny, so musical. It's a shame that he hasn't reached the level of, say, like a public enemy or someone like that. Like a rap star, uh, Easy E, or you know, um, because he deserves it. And you know, it's really funny. In the last week, someone sent me recent pic photos of Angelo, and I don't know. He's they have this thing at the at the Punk Rock Museum in which punk artists are going to give tours to the people, and one of them set for that is Angelo. And so you're here, you are in a land of punk. Everyone with mohawks and tattoos and piercings, and and in the photo that I that was sent, he looks like a grandfather. He is dressed in like like he's ready for Oxford, and um, so that's my hope is that everyone shows up punk rock, and he's more punk rock to them because he showed up normal. <laughs> that's funny. Well, speaking of Fishbone though, and actually talking about him, or rather Fishbone not having really reached the success that they were worthy of. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I just seem to remember back in the day that we all did have our favorites of, um, you know, the, the, the third wave stuff, which would have been new for us yeah. when we were in our twenties, but fishbone was the metric by which we measured all of those other bands. Great. Greatly stated, greatly stated. They, they really, uh, and it's, like you hear a lot of ska bands, and that's just true of all music. You hear a lot of ska bands, and sometimes they hit they hit good lyrics, sometimes they hit a good lick, sometimes they don't do a very good song. Fishbone comes out with brilliant lyrics, absolutely brilliant. I mean, uh, Ma and Pa, um, talk, and that's just about his parents divorcing. Um, it's mom, pa, what the hell is wrong with you? And um, yeah, his, by the way, his mom is beautiful. She's a wonderful person. She was a school teacher. Uh, I didn't know. I only met the dad one time, uh, Billy, Billy Moore. Um, yeah. So what, what else do you want to know about Fishbone or other bands? Uh, that does kind of bring about why we asked you here you know so many of the players particularly in third wave sort of stuff yeah yeah but uh why don't you start at the beginning you know how did you either get into music or how did you discover ska and what was it like okay so i'll give you a little introduction um so my name is albino brown and in 1989 my brother tazy phillips and i started the first ska radio show in Irvine and 
it it was it, it was something brand new. No one else in the country was doing it. The little spreckle of bands were coming together, um, and we we became ground zero for ska music. Um, and you you got to believe did we hit it first and in the right place because Orange County, we're set up in Orange County. And one of the earliest bands that we befriended, it was a little band called No Doubt. And uh, we, we, we became very friendly with them. They appeared on the radio show over 15 times. And uh, yeah, so we, we would do interviews at their house at three in the morning until Mr. Stefani came down and picked us out. And um, yeah, that's how we became close with them and, and involved with them. Um, and and the uh, the other band that is huge in our record is Sublime, and uh, I'll just I'll just share this with you. Um, so my brother, we did the Scott Parade radio show, and and my brother began working at K Rock, which is the flagship station in the nation. Uh, it's in L.A., and whatever they play, most all the programming plays. And so they they knew that we they called us the kingpins of ska, and they said uh, uh, they were interested in playing a, a ska band. Who would you recommend? And uh, my brother and I had come out with a CD called "Step on It: The Best of the Ska Parade." Let's see this one, and I I collect weird ass shoes. Like I, this is a pair of Liberace shoes right here. And uh, so anyway, put them on there. But um, so we we uh, one of the songs on there that that I picked to put on the CD is from a live the best live recording of Sublime and, and the words of the band is on our radio show. And so we put uh, two tracks from that session. And the one that I picked was a, a little ditty called Date Rape. And um, so uh, I, I thought, wow, this is a, a hit song. But not only that, they have lots of hit songs. But not only that, uh, it, it sparks discussion. Uh, and I said, the controversy is going to sell this. Um, so we recommended that to K-Rock. Uh, and they said, Ugh, I don't know if we can play this. And they came back and said, all right, we're going to play. We'll try it out. If it doesn't work, then we'll, we'll ignore it. And so uh, they played it and it became the most requested song in K-Rock history. And uh, and it brought them all over the world 
And that's what made them multi-platinum artists. Um, huge success, a big feather in our cap. We got uh, an award um, uh, from uh, uh, Bradley Knoll's father, Jim Knoll, and, and also Bradley Knoll's son, Jacob Knoll. Um, they gave us the, the triple platinum award. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, and so that worked for a while, but we get a call back from, from K-Rock and saying, guys, we appreciate what you've done, but uh, Sublime's really hard to deal with. And that had to do with the drugs. And um, so they said, can you find us like a goody two-shoes band that plays great ska music? And we said, yeah, yeah, actually, um, we we started out with them. And they've been, they've been just playing sort of backyard parties um, and shows here and there. And um, so they're they're from Anaheim, California, and they're a, a band called No Doubt. And they said, OK. And I said, yeah, they have a great lead singer, Gwen Stefani. Um, and they said, well, what song would you recommend? And I said, I'm just a girl. big and i couldn't i couldn't just like the band's amazed like oh my goodness did we really do this something at such great heights same with us like we made our movement and catalyzed this so big and we got another like 16 times uh multi-platinum award from from no doubt um and we just had, we just have a neat relationship with them i i keep in, in touch with eric stefani and he's been very very kind to me um and he i should i should mention Eric Stefani did our logo in 1989. And, and so, yeah, he did it and it's, it's a parade and it has, uh, I'm, I'm the first person in line with the beard. I just shaved my beard for the show yesterday. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and then my brother's at the tail being held up by the, by the band, by the band, by the people. And then if you look towards the beginning, there's, there's a guy in a striped shirt and there's a girl next to him. And that's Eric Stefani and Gwen Stefani. Wow. So uh, if, if you're interested, um, you can find our merch and I'll, I'll just do a movement here to, to tell you. We have four CDs out. The very first one I showed you is the Step On It, The Best of the Ska Parade. And this is the one, I mean, the whole thing's pretty good. Uh, but the one thing that stands out is the live Sublime. Uh, and this is what broke them on K-Rock. And, and they said it's the best live recording of them. Uh, the next one that came out is the Ska Parade, Running Naked Through the Cornfield. 
And you'll hear a lot from Jump with Joey, and you'll hear a lot from the Equators and Let's Go Bowling. This is our best effort. This is a fantastic compilation. Um, so I highly recommend that. And I'm going to tell you more as you ask me, but this is the Equators. The Equators are the Birmingham, uh, Birmingham UK reggae ska band that was signed to Stiff Records with Madness. And they were the inspiration for a little band called The Beat or The English Beat. Uh, and, and so most people don't know about this one. It's fantastic. And I should mention that a really magic thing happened to me. Uh, I get a phone call in England. They, in England, they call me Albino. And so I got a, I got a phone call and they said, Hey, Albino. And I said, who's this? He says, it's your friend, Dave. Who Dave, Dave, Dave Wakeling, English B. Yeah, it's Dave. I said, well, what's up? He said, I've been thinking a lot about it. And I would like to, uh, I've been writing some ska songs and I'd like to run and buy you and maybe we could produce them. And then as it worked out in the studio, he says, I love your voice. I want you to sing with me on the recording. So uh, on the song Age of Five, I got to sing with, uh, with Dave Waking from the English Beat, Magic. Uh, that it would be, and of course now uh, Dave's located in Southern California. Yeah, Santa um, Monica, I think. Yeah, do you uh, cross paths or mm -hmm. keep up with him much? Yeah, so I just saw him. I'm in Northern California in a place called Santa Rosa, which is where Charles Schultz uh, uh, of Snoopy fame is from, and also Robert Ripley, I believe it or not, it was from here too. So it's a really magical place. And he played two cities over in Petaluma, which is which is my uh, the land of my favorite person in the whole world next to my daughter, uh, Winona Ryder, and um, and and so he played there and I saw him there and it's just always a blast. It's always fun. It never lets me down. He looks ageless. Um, he's funny and he's such a great singer. Yeah. So uh, yeah, occasionally here and there I, I see people. I saw the Toasters a couple uh, months ago um yeah i just we just sort of hey keep what how's shop cheating you we're all in the same business and you know so uh uh all right and any more questions hey if we could take a quick step back to your uh sky parade days so yeah, yeah. there is a photo that exists from sky parade that is kind of a takeoff of a very famous two-tone uh band photo oh i'm glad you i'm glad you picked up on that one so um there's a there's a 
famous, famous, it, it, it really a pinnacle. It, it, it like it's something they would hang in the museum, and it's it's uh, the specials, madness, and the selector on the first two tone tour, sitting on Brighton Beach, and you see all the cast of members, and I've never seen anything else to compare until it happened to us. My my brother and I we put on the ska parade running naked through the cornfield CD. And it was unreal. Everybody showed up for us. You know, you could only hope, oh, this person will show up that part. So, it, it, and and the the band that we hired uh, uh, was, of course, Fishbone. And um, so in the photo, you'll see my brother in the front next to Travis Barker, from the Aquabats and Blink-182 and Kardashian, whatever. And then um, and then you'll have behind him is me, and I'm next to Gwen, and she's next to Tony from No Doubt. And then surrounded by us uh, is bands like Skeletones, Freak Daddy, Siren Six. Uh, and behind them is, is Angelo with his... Uh, which w would later be his ex-wife and their little baby. I, uh, I believe her name was Cheyenne. Um, and so it's it's the same sort of zeitgeist that, wow, this whole community, and they came together in one little place. And, and you know, and it's like, and everyone made it happen for each other. It wasn't, wasn't like, oh, we're going to make it and sabotage everyone else. It was it was a real peace and love and unity. Um and, um, you know, but I have to say that changes when you hit uh, pop fame. You know, it's more all for your, all for yourself. Uh, but at that time, it was a real community. And we, we came together and, and the, it, that photograph really embellishes the photograph from Two-Tone Tour. So definitely a moment in history. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Very cool. And, and just, and just to let you, uh, just to let you mention, you know, um, that the they're starting a thing in in, in um, Vegas in March called the Punk Rock Museum, and they they went through the network and contacted me, and I gave them some photos, and that's one of them. So hopefully they get the hint and show both photos back to back. So, speaking of that moment in history, uh, what is now most commonly referred to as the third wave. Um, you had a little something to do with um, uh, hanging that tagline on there, didn't you? I, 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 I was the actual person. I, I don't seem to get credit for it, but I was the actual person that came up with the term third wave ska. And I, I came up with it in 1989. Uh, we released a video uh, with, with uh, Let's Go Bowling, The Skeletones, The Donkey Show someone else and uh it had third wave ska on it um i wrote the first article on third wave ska in 1994 uh oh so so it didn't make sense to me they they came up with terms called post two-tone or ska revival now it's not a ska revival because ska never died you know and, and I, that didn't make that make sense and post two-tone it's a totally different sound than what was going on in, in Britain in the late 70s, early 80s. A totally different sound. 
there were there were you know it it, it depends on stuff but one one band comes to mind is is like kind of like the skeletons it was a combination of rock and ska That's not that's not the specials. That's not selector. That's not madness. And so I I had heard I heard something. Um, I I come from the hard sciences. My my pops uh, is a doctor, and my mom's an artist. So I got the best of both worlds in in Jamaica lore. And just I you know you you in the hard sciences you simplify things to understand it. Um, and that's all I, I just, for my own understanding, I, I, I named it third wave ska because it's a new generation a new incarnation. Um, and, um, let's see. Um, so, so that's, that's how third wave ska came about. Um, any questions? So, um, Speaking of third wave, and also something you said in there, which uh, is that Scott never really went anywhere, um, but it does uh, appear at least the kind of uh, wax and wane from time to time. Um, but what is it about Scott that you think is so enduring that it can last from the 1960s, cross oceans, mm-hmm. um, and still stay relevant? And a part two to that question, do you feel or see or think there's a fourth wave happening for me that's that's scratching at the chalkboard uh, like <laughs> you know if 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 there is this is this this is the same stuff that was in third wave ska so no it's not fourth wave ska and if it was if it was fourth wave ska i would hope that someone would come up with a better term than fourth wave ska because okay th- you know the number system there, but you know, like two tone Scott. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm waiting for something brilliant to occur. And, and, you know, I hope, I hope it's someone else, but if it takes me, then I'll do it again. <laughs> so. Fair enough. The t-shirt that you showed us that, uh, Eric had Eric Stefani had designed. Yeah. That yeah. one. So you have a book specifically about the graphics that are associated with ska music. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's unreal, but, uh, I'd like to say I spent, I spent five years on the book, but I actually spent 12 years and that's, that's a big part was the computer crashed and i couldn't i had to people i had to go to various people to try and save the drives it took forever a lot of money and uh i had to redo most everything um so it was it was a real crusher 
but I love this music. I love the project so much that I, I stuck it through. It's absolutely brilliant. I, I'm trained as a researcher, um, particularly in the hard sciences and in the law. Uh, Roger Steffens, he is Bob Marley's chief historian. And when I was 19, I got a phone call and I didn't know this person. And he introduced myself. I'm Roger Steffens. I'm Bob Marley's chief historian. I've heard a lot of great things about you. And I have a world music magazine called The Beat. It's internationally distributed. I'd like for you to write a column on ska music for the magazine. Would you be interested? Of course. <laughs> yes. So that's how I got my start with him. And you got to understand, like, you know, the way I grew up, my, my home is filled with memorabilia when I grew up. Um, we, we celebrated everything that we had a jukebox and, and with, with the 50 songs and with swing music, um, you know, we collected all sorts, all sorts of stuff. Um, and I have that in my veins. And so quite naturally, I, I have a huge record collection. I love collecting records. I made great friends collecting records. Roger Steph, uh, I read his I read his book, and actually I bought a second copy. I thought it was so brilliant. It's called the the uh, reggae scrapbook. And uh, Roger said to me, "Albino, uh, we've done really well with our book. I'd like for you to write the 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 follow up book to it, the ska scrapbook." And I thought about it. I mean, I have incredible archives. I've been posting on on Facebook. So I, I wanted to do something that no one else had done before. And that is give, everyone gives tribute to the musicians, but a full discovery of the graphic artists, their creation, their style, their passion, their connection to ska music, how they created it. And so I, I've been shopping around with publishers. The book is done. Uh, it's over 120 pages long. This is my first time of mentioning this to the public. Only my family has seen it, really. Uh, so you're the first to know. And I hope that your fan base will watch it through, support it. I hope you'll you'll stick with it and promote it. Um, but I'm going, to I'm going to show you some pages that no one else has seen before. This is Bruno Blum. He did uh, he wrote for the best magazine in France. He's the first person to generate ska music in france uh he did stuff with the clash too and so like the first thing i say to him is you're the guy who did the nutty boy comic books for madness i said do you have any of your rough drafts so he went up in his attic and he got for me all the rough drafts of the madness uh comic book so you can see this is the original sketch and this is the final sketch. And then these are these are our cartoons from the magazine that are related to madness.
So let's see. I, I did want to read to you. So each new generation that falls in love with ska and punk music and art finds its way back to the roots. The graphic artist of ska and punk with over 120 pages is the first book to uncover the inspirations and mysteries behind the graphic art of the music. Albino is as passionate about the album design as he is with the music. With handwritten sketch notes, original and exclusive art, never before seen archives, inside stories and candid interviews, these artists will inspire music fans, graphic designers, students, comic book collectors and music that uh, that including traditional ska, two-tone, third wave ska, ska punk, ska core, punk and punky reggae. Some of the highlights you'll see in my book are uh, two tones, the specials logo of Walt Japsko and based on Peter Tosh. But additionally, everyone kind of knows that one. But additionally, who actually was the English Beats beat girl? And who was the selectors too much pressure man? And I'll show you real quick. So this is Hunt Emerson, the guy who did the uh, the beat girl logo for the English beat. And he did the album cover with the overlays of the different profiles. And so uh, I, I found this out 12 years ago. And I noticed that within the last year, people have just discovered this. And it's who was Beat Girl? Here is Beat Girl. Brid Her name was Bridget Bond. She was signed to Blue Beat Records with Prince Buster. Here she's dancing, I think, in 1964 with Prince Buster at the Heathrow Airport. Um, and these are the different aren't incarnations of Beat Girl. Now, the, the artist is Hunt Emerson, famous, famous cartoonist, comic book writer from England. And uh, he got asked to do this for the Bee um, and, and come up with the, as I said, the uh, Beat Girl and also the the profiles overlaid each other. This is such a brilliant move because he came up with his own style and which he didn't use black and white necessarily. He used red, pink, and black. It, it, it was compatible with Walt Japsko because it was a man and a woman dancing. Yeah, and and what I'm very proud of, and I'll, I, I, this is, I'm the first to announce it here, I've had two people write a forward for my book. And a forward is not just a paragraph. It's a couple pages, right? They're, they're telling what they viewed. And the first one is by Roger Steffens, who's Bob Marley's chief historian. He wrote a really wonderful piece on me. And guess who the second one is? Han Emerson. Cool. Fantastic. That's awesome. Uh, and he, he provided me with lots of rarities really cool to me uh, it is it is everything i would want in a ford 
he 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 reaches out he points out little technical things he's really creative he compares it to uh historical pieces of art and this real question is his thesis is how can graphic design inspire one to dance so if you've come in off the street and you're beginning to feel the heat well listen buster you better start to move your feet to the rockinest rock steady beat of madness one step beyond So um, Roger wrote this about me um, when I shop around to the different publishers. And I think it's worth reading to your audience. He wrote it. It's his name on it. As the author of seven books about Jamaican music and Bob Marley, I've seen the huge potential audience for the graphic artists of ska and punk. Albino Brown, an avatar of ska music, has taken a lifetime of passion and study of the form to create a unique once-in-a-lifetime compendium of all the major graphic artists of ska. They have created brand new updates of their genre-defining works, especially for this book. I am certain it will become a standard work for future historians of this ever-regenerating genre, and its multi-generational fan base will embrace it immediately. Very few books are obvious, surefire hits. This, in my humble opinion, is one of them. Roger Steffens, reggae and Bob Marley historian, archivist, broadcaster, and author. High praise indeed. Yeah. Well, I, I'm looking forward to the book. How long we? How long? How long do you feel it's going to be until it's on the market? Well, I'm done with the book, and I'm making the rounds, and these publishers take their time. I can't pressure them to do anything more. But the one thing I would ask your audience to if anyone has a connection to publishers that would be akin to this book or the literary agents, please contact me because this is such a slow moving process. And I hope that you're excited about it, that you want to see it. I'm so excited about it. It's finished. I want to see it in people's arms. I, I want them to say, oh my goodness, how could somebody put this together? And, and uh, so if you can help uh, uh, catalyze the movement, uh, please do and and uh, message me on Facebook. And let me give I'm if you want to reach me, talk about ska music, have questions, you can contact me on Facebook under Albino Brown. Uh, and please look at my Facebook photos because you will see rarities that you will not see anywhere else. People are coming to me like the uh, punk rock um, museum because no one else has what I have. Hey, can I show you a photo and you could kind of tell me the story behind it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, let's see. I I recognize my brother. Um, so no, this is this is the time that my brother and I met Madness. Uh, and the only reason that this happened, you have any guesses? No clue. Uh, Madness had said they will never tour America again. 
Why did they tour America again? Got it? I'm trying to, I'm trying to. Because of the success of No Doubt. Really? Be, uh, and Madness was a huge inspiration. Yeah, yeah we've talked about that on our podcast. And, and so amazingly, Madness opened up for No Doubt. Wow, that had to be a dream come true for them. Yeah. I mean, for, for no doubt. But yeah, so that, this is, absolutely. This is you and Taisy with Suggs and Chrissy Boy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh I've I've had some really neat experiences and and there are times when I really reflect upon them and I, I'm just really proud. I, I've met some really nice people and I've I, I love their music. I appreciate them as a person. But I, I do want to talk about the equators. The equators from Birmingham, UK, and uh, they are the band that inspired the English Beach. And they are also the band that was signed with Madness to Stiff Records on, under David Robinson. I originally came in contact with them by writing for the Beat magazine, and I wanted to interview them. It's interesting. It's almost like a top secret band that nobody else wants to mention because they're using it for their own ammunition. And uh, um, so bands that were greatly inspired by the Equators are The Untouchables, Let's Go Bowling, The Donkey Show, and so forth. The CDs, I should mention, the CDs that, the four CDs that we have for sale are out of print in limited edition. So if you're thinking about it, go for it because when they're gone they're gone they're going to be hard to find and you, again you can reach me through uh through uh, facebook albino brown and and message me the next one is a song called softly softly and i pulled in angelo to sing the lead um so the to, to, to lead the you know the backup band of the equators now as i said before Angelo does things the way he wants to do it, no matter what. If he's going off the deep end, he say, Angelo, I'm a little concerned for your safety. No, I still want to jump. You know, there's no stopping him. And so I'm producing him. And the song is, is entitled Softly, Softly. And, and it's about going through different ladies' houses at night trying to get nookie. And uh, so when I'm listening to the playback and Angelo is singing, he's the lead singer, is singing Sobly, Sobly. 
And I said, those aren't the lyrics, Angelo. How'd you even come up with that? It's it's listen to it. It's he said, Oh no, oh no, I'm I'm singing softly, softly. I said, No, listen to it, please again. Sobly, sobly, you know. And um, so anyway, the the uh, good producer gets around it is you just increase the volume of the backup singers. <laughs> He'll never know that though. Well, he will if he listens to this. He's heard it, he likes oh, it. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, um, I've only got one other thing. We we need to do a little bit of housekeeping. We want you to pick, uh, probably, I would say, for, for the closing song, your favorite Madness song. I generally try and stay away from the popular ones. Yeah. Uh, I try and pick something avant-garde, unique. And I couldn't do that with Madness. They, no doubt, followed the tread of madness and that was they played ska but they didn't they learned that if you go above ska and you include it with your music and go to a broader spectrum to play pop music you'll 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 find more people to support you and um and so i have to say that the song that i want you to play is our house I, I couldn't find anything better than than that. Perfect. We will talk soon. Thank you so much. Wow. I had no idea that he was so involved with so many third wave ska artists that we know that we've talked about here on the podcast. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, that it is. He was very keen on sharing everything he knows and all his stuff with people. So do check him out on Facebook at Albino Brown. Look on our YouTube channel because um, he's showing a lot of these things that you won't get the uh, benefit of seeing if you're just listening to us. So we're going to put a video up so you can take a look at everything Albino was showing us for our little show and tell segment. Yes, I think we'll probably have a couple little snippets that we'll be dropping during the week. So definitely keep an eye out. We have another interview scheduled in a couple of weeks, and I'm excited because I'm going to try to get this person in the studio for a while, but I don't want to say who it is and jinx it. Right. So <laughs> It is not a band member, but it is somebody close to the band. True. So, yeah, this was a lot like uh, losing the fish on the line a couple of times for us, and we've uh, tried to connect, tried to connect. Let's hope that it happens for the next episode, and if it does, you will know when we put it online. For sure. All right. Well, thank you again for listening. It's a goodbye for me. And that's a goodbye for me. Go get a beer, Stateside Madness.
nothing ever slows her down and a mess is not allowed. Them up with a small kiss. She's the one they're going to miss in lots of ways. Thank you. 